the whole Christmas and New Year thing, it's a great break and great relaxation and celebration and all of that. But don't you feel Ugh, at the end of it? Do you know what I mean? And getting, getting started back into the new year can be a real challenge. Um, but, but I want to say to you this morning that, you know, whether you are part of this church and you've been here for many years or, or you've recently joined or whether you're not part of this church and maybe for some of you, you're not sure whether you're a Christian or, or, or you're definitely sure you're not, you know, whoever you are, you're welcome this morning, okay? And I've got to sh- I want to share something with you that... Whoever you are and wherever you're coming at life from and however you're entering to New Year, I think if you can grab a hold of this thing that I want to share with you, it really could change your life. You know, this is a massive year for us as a church. And this is a big year, 2017, because this year we are launching our first new location. So we're starting a new church location in Hagley on Easter, at Easter around Easter time. This is also the year when we'll be changing the name of our church. We'll be telling you what that new name is in February Okay, we've landed on it now, all right, and I cannot be bought or bribed, all right, so some of you have tried, I cannot be, well, I might be able to for a second, no, 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 we won't go there. So the first week in February, we're going to tell you what the new name of the church is. So we're starting a new location, we, we start, we're changing our name after nearly 40 years. We're also going to be refurbishing this building as well uh, in, the, in the first part of the year. We're also going to be adding to our senior staff, hopefully a new role as well. This is a massive year for us as a church, and... Um, and I want to say that because that's the kind of the backdrop in one sense of, of what I want to share with you this morning. Um, you know, I think people approach New Year in one of two camps. You're either a dreamer or you're a realist, okay? Dreamers and realists. So you're either a dreamer or you're a realist. So if you're a dreamer, you'll say things like this. This is going to be the greatest year ever. You know, it just is. This is the new year and maybe you'll set goals and you'll set resolutions and you'll think this year is going to be better than last year. If you're a realist, when you hear a dreamer say, this is going to be a great year, if you're a realist, you'll say, you said that last year. (laughs) How many realists in the house do we have? Yep, yes, quite a few. Okay, and and you see that the dreamer, when they approach newness, a new year or a new day, they go, wow. But when a realist approaches it, they say, How? So their first response is always a question. And, you know, when these two people meet, what happens? They get married, maybe. I don't know. But I think one of the things that that happens is that the two people, they they polarise a little bit. And if you're a dreamer, you look at the realist and you say, come on, why don't you imagine some stuff? You're so cynical. You're so negative. And if you're a realist, you look at a dreamer and say, why can't you get real? Do you know what I mean? Why can't you get out of the clouds and put your feet on the ground? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Now, there isn't anything wrong with either of those lenses. But the problem is, if you only use the one lens, that's where life gets a little sticky. You see, the reality is, if you're only ever a dreamer, okay, and you only ever think about what could be, and you don't add anything to it other than that, then you will end up not as a dreamer, but as a wisher. Have you ever noticed how there is an occasion in our culture when we encourage everyone to blow on our food and then we eat it? Have you noticed that? It's called birthdays. Have you ever not noticed that? We get a birthday cake out and we say, would you please blow and spit over this food and then I'll cut it all up and we'll all eat it and we all do it. (laughs) But what we do when we're doing that blowing on the food thing is we're blowing out candles and we're being encouraged to make a wish. But if you are a dreamer only, then all of your goals and all of your aspirations will end up as wishes that won't actually amount to anything. But if you stay just as a realist and don't ever add any other lens to it, you will end up a pessimist or a cynic at best. 
I want to suggest to you that there is a third lens which actually takes away the lens of dreamer and realist. And I want to suggest there is another way to look at the new year. And this is through the lens of this word, possibility. If we were to use the lens of possibility, whether you're a dreamer or a realist, it will change everything. And as we think about this one word today, possibility, I want to, I've thought about this and I thought, what about probability? But do you know what? 2016 has proved that anything is possible. Am I right? And there's nothing probable any longer. I think probability is a word that maybe has gone out of fashion now or out of our culture. But 2016 has shown us that anything is possible. 2016 is the year marked out by this celebrity death. So many people passing away over 2016. A lot in the first part and a lot in the second part. And that really seems to have shaken and shook quite a lot of people. And I understand that. But you know, 2016 was also the year when this happened. And if Leicester can win the premiership, I believe that there will be a resurgence of the mighty Aston Villa. (laughs) Now, I am a dreamer, okay? And maybe I need to get a little bit more realistic about that. But if Leicester can win the premiership, then anybody can, surely. And then, of course, this happened in 2016. And who saw this coming in the way that it did and the division that it caused in our country? And then, of course, maybe one of the biggest ones worldwide. Who saw this one coming? Hey, who saw that one coming? And you see, 2016 has shown us that anything is possible. But let's zoom out for a moment, for a few seconds, to see the bigger picture. You know, if you're a Christian this morning, I want you to know something. The world we are entering into is nothing like the world that we've left behind. You know, after 1,700 years of what we call Christendom, this is a whole new world. You know, I was reading this week about in the 1960s in America, in some newspapers, as well as publishing the news, they'd also publish Bible readings for you to read through the week. Can you imagine that happening in our current culture? You know, years ago, and some of you remember this, the only two choices you had on a Sunday was do you go to church or do you not go to church? Now in this country, 8 to 12% of people are committed churchgoers, and by committed churchgoers, they mean this. They go at least once a month. We are facing a whole different context of which to outwork our faith. The world we're entering into is nothing like the world we've left behind. And I want to suggest that that is going to take a whole new approach and a whole new look. And one of the big words we've got to put in front of us is the word possibility. We live in an incredibly important moment and time in history. In 2002, um, Halle Berry, great theologian, uh, she, she, um, she got up at the Oscars to re- receive her, her Oscar. And she said this, um, this moment is so much bigger than me. It's dramatically there. And actually, when she said that, this moment is so much bigger than me. I think we live in a moment which is so much bigger than us. I think when, if you were to zoom out and look at history and in the future... They'll write history about now and about us. This season in the world is a massive season globally. Every 500 years or so, there's a massive shift in the world and there's a massive shift in the church. And 2017 is 500 years after the Reformation, the last biggest shift. Before that, you had the the Middle Ages and all of these. If you look at history, every 500 years or so, there's a massive shift. We're living in those days. The Greek word for moment in time is where we get the word atom or atomic from. And so a moment in time can be an atomic moment. It can be an explosive moment. It can be a moment of possibility. I wonder if you know who these guys were. 
Anyone? These were the Wright brothers. Okay, Orbel and Wilbur Wright. You know what the Wright brothers did? They invented flying. They believed and they looked at life through the lens of possibility. And I've been researching these guys because I need to get out more and I live such an exciting life. But actually, these guys are incredible. These guys were brought up in a, a place called Dayton, Ohio, in the Midwest. Uh, the house that they grew up in had no running water and no electricity. They were homeschooled. And uh, Wilbur Wright was uh, smacked on the, on the mouth with a hockey stick when he was a kid. And uh, it, it knocked some of his teeth out, but also it caused him to be a bit of a social recluse. And they were homeschooled by their parents uh, with no formal background, no formal education. But what their parents gave them was a love for reading. And through watching birds and drawing pictures of birds and through reading and through looking through the lens of possibility, they discovered that man could fly. It's amazing. They, were, they, had, they, had, they spent about $1,000 on the whole venture. At the same time, the government funded a guy called Samuel Pierpont Langley to actually, to the tune of about seventy or $80,000, and they got him and Harvard-educated uh, minds and some of the greatest people in America to get them together to try and discover how to fly. And they never did it, but these two brothers that were homeschooled, that had no money, no backing, no background really, but looked through the lens of possibility, they made it happen. In 1903, in a place called Kitty Hawk, when they first flew, nobody other than the French turned up to watch them. But in 1908, when they flew from France, everybody in the world knew who the Wright brothers were. And I've been fascinated as I've looked at this, because I think this is about the power of possibility, isn't it? This isn't about being a dreamer. This isn't about being a realist. This is something that almost supersedes that, the power of possibility. You see, the problem for us in our culture is that we view the world through the lens of what the media tells us is the right way to look at it. So we all think of 2016 as this horrendous year, this year of improbability, this year where anything could be possible. And we tend to think of 2016 as being a year of nothing but bad news. But I want to tell you, that's only because that's what the media tell you. You see, 2016 also had a whole load of other stuff happen. Let me just give you a little bit of the facts about what happened in 2016. In 2016, more than 20 countries pledged more than $5 billion for ocean conservation. The acid pollution in the atmosphere is back to pre-1930 levels. The World Health Organization declared that since 2000, deaths due to malaria have declined by 60%. That's amazingly good, isn't it? That's incredible. Some of the biggest diseases like colon cancer and heart disease are starting to decline in wealthy countries. The number of women dying from pregnancy or childbirth has halved since 1990. Malawi has seen a 67% reduction in children with HIV. 93% of children worldwide read and write this year. That's the biggest percentage in the history of the world. World hunger is at its lowest point for 25 years. Myanmar me, me elected their first civilian leader in over 50 years. Global carbon emissions from burning fossil fuels did not increase for the third year running. The giant panda was taken off the list of endangered species. And in Canada, hockey moms, poker buddies uh, and neighbours took in Syrian refugees one family at a time. And in 2016, God changed lots of people's lives. Hello? All of that happened in 2016. 
And yet what we focus on is celebrity deaths, Leicester winning the league, Brexit and Donald Trump. What I'm saying to you is that we have to look through the right lens. We have to look through the lens of possibility. There is a lot going on in our world that is confusing and difficult, but there's a lot of other good stuff going on. And if we could look through the lens of possibility, maybe we'll see something new. So what does God have to say about the lens of possibility? Let me just give you some Bible verses. Matthew 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is what? Impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Luke chapter 1, the Christmas story. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Jeremiah 32, our Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Job 42, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And then Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And then in the Gospels, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus um, is wandering around and and there's a father that brings his son to Jesus. And and the father's son is... um, Troubled with, with an evil spirit and, and what happens is that the son uh, has fits. And we would look at that as almost an epileptic fit and not sure whether it is that or whether it is, is spiritual or whether it's a bit of both. But, but he brings the son to Jesus out of desperation. And he says in Mark 9 verse 20, So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, and he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus says, if you can, question mark. And then he says, everything is possible for one who believes. So this is really interesting because the man comes to Jesus and saying, Jesus, here's the situation in my life. Is it possible? Can you do anything? And Jesus pushes it back to him, says, Can you do anything? Everything is possible to those who believe. What I want to show is this. The lens of possibility is about partnership with God. It's about this man saying, I can't do anything. This is impossible for me. But can you do something, God? And God saying, yes, I can. But I want to choose to partner with you. And I think what we often do when we come to God is that we limit God. There is a Hebrew word for limited, which literally means to carve out or to scratch out. And it's this idea, a little bit like if you can imagine the, the, the stage here. It's not like I'm carving and I'm scratching out. That means I'm limiting. I'm saying, you can go there, but you can't come in here. You can do that, but you can't do this. Guys, let's not do that in 2017. Let us not limit God. Because the Bible says that for with God, all things are possible. We have to look through the lens of possibility. So how could we apply this lens into our own lives? Let me just give you a few areas. Maybe this morning into the area of faith. Maybe you're not yet a Christian. You're not someone who says that you believe in God. Maybe you've come here this morning because your friends brought you or your husband or your wife or you've just rolled up here because it's first Sunday in the new year. And maybe you don't believe that there is a God. And that's brilliant. And that is so good that you're here. Can I ask you a question? Is it possible? Could you stay open to that thought? Maybe you think that there isn't a God, but is it possible that just because you don't think there is one or because you can't prove it in a way that satisfies you, could it be possible that there might be? 
I shared this recently here in church, and I want to say it again, even if it's for one person that needs to hear it this morning. A guy that I used to know, um, quite a well-known uh, Christian leader, was on a TV debate program many years ago, uh, and one and one of the they were debating the existence of God, and one of the guys on the panel was an atheist, and so then this guy that I know was obviously not Christian leader. And the atheist looked at him halfway through the program and he said this. He says, you Christians are so deluded because you believe that something created something out of nothing. Think about that. You believe that something created something out of nothing. You're deluded. This guy I know thought for a bit and then he he, he said back, and you believe that nothing created something out of nothing. And you say, I am the deluded one. Is it? possible that just because you don't believe it, it could still be true. So maybe this morning at the start of 2017, maybe you could just say, hey, maybe I could use the lens of possibility to look at the existence of God. And if you can hold that there long enough, the next thing that I want to encourage you to do is to check it out. Check it out. That's what Alpha is all about. That's what the Alpha course, there's many, many, many people here in this room who didn't used to believe in God either. But they looked through the lens of possibility, they checked it out, and they changed their mind. Because actually, when you check it out, and you keep that lens of possibility there long enough, then even things that you thought were absolutely true can begin to change. And our next Alpha course starts a week tomorrow night. You can sign up at the connection point, talk to someone who you're with. Why don't you do that at the start of 2017? That could change anything, everything. What about at work? If you apply this lens at work, For those of you that are in business, what about if at work you got your guys together in your office or your company or whatever and said, how about we look at 2017 through the lens of possibility? How about if we look at it through being more positive and seeing what we could do and what could be achieved through this next year together? How about your marriage? How about your family? If you looked at that through the lens of possibility, not what is there now, but what could be through the lens of possibility. How about... For us as a church, what about if we prayed and believed and worked and acted through the lens of possibility? What might God do this year? You know, it's incredible to me as we've begun this whole journey, um, exploration of going multi-site. And since we went public with that and we said we're going to go to Hagley for the first time since then, I've had two other churches approach us to say, hey, we're really struggling. Would you like to take us on? And we're like, whoa, not quite yet. But isn't it interesting about possibility? What might God do if we partnered with him? The God who says that nothing is impossible with him. What might he do if we partnered with him? But I, in the few minutes I've got left, I want to leave this personal for you this morning. And this is something that I heard a guy talk about just before Christmas as I was preparing for today. The way he brought this out, I thought was so helpful. And I'm applying this in my own life. And I want to pass it on to you this morning. And the question he asked was this, what do you think God thinks is possible for you? What do you think God thinks is possible for you? Now, I know that we can say, well, God says all things are possible. But let's be specific. What specifically do we know to be true that God thinks is possible for your life? And I think the answer is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, when Paul declares this. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. And here they are coming up. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, Paul says. Now, now look at that list. 
That's called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that must be possible for God to produce in your life, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't have written it down. If that's like an elusive list that, that we look at and we think, oh, you know, here's what we could have won. You never remember that show, but we're never going to get there. Then I don't think God will put it in the Bible because he's not like that. But if God has put that in the Bible, it has to be possible for that to be produced in my life and in your life in 2017. And I want to suggest every New Year's resolution or every goal is kind of rooted in these nine attributes. You want to lose weight, you need some self-control. You want to achieve something in life, you need some patience and some faithfulness. You want to have better relationships, you need some love and you need some gentleness and you need some kindness. Nearly everything that we want to achieve or to do in life is rooted in these nine attributes. And before I open it up for you, I want to say a few things about it. This is called the fruit of the Spirit. Now the source of the Spirit fruit is the Spirit of God. You will not produce these in your life through trying harder. We don't come by looking constipated and kind of getting all all uptight about it. That isn't how this is produced. This is produced out of abiding, the Bible says, out of connecting with who God is. He produces this in our lives, not us. We partner with Him because with us, this is impossible. But with God, this is possible. Isn't that right? So the, the source of spirit fruit is the spirit. The nature of spirit fruit is character. Guys, when this is produced in our life, this is about character. And our world is desperately crying out for men and women of character. You know, somebody once said, reputation is what others think you are. Personality is what you seem to be. But character is what you really are. We really need that in this, in this year more than ever. The production of spirit fruit is gradual. You know, what you're looking at here is a lifetime's work of God producing these things in our life over a lifetime. We live in a culture that tends to overestimate what can happen in the short term and underestimate what can happen in the long term. We need to be people of the long term. The development of spirit fruit is holistic. The Bible doesn't say the fruits of the spirit. It says the fruit. This is one fruit, many flavors, many distinctives. And then finally, the the purpose of spirit fruit is not just fruit on display, but fruit put to good use. Fruit that makes a difference in the lives of others. So if this is to be your year, if you're to look through the lens of possibility, and if God thinks that's possible for you, and here it comes, what I want to encourage you to do this morning, and I've done this, okay, is I want you to look at that list of nine, and I know they're one fruit, many flavors, but I want you to think about one of those attributes that you think God wants to produce more of in your life in 2017. You see, the problem is if we look at nine, we get a little bit like, whoa, you know, we get we're overwhelmed. And, and I am a goal setter and I do all of that stuff. And so just over, over New Year, I was reading back over my journal about what I'd said in January and about the things that I felt God say to me and the things that I wanted to see in different aspects of my life. And I looked at the first two or three things and I was quite pleased. One of them was to join the gym and lose weight and all of that. And I've managed to do that and still doing that. And I'm pleased about that. So one and two and three were okay. But four, five, six, seven, eight and nine, not quite so great. And that's the problem when you set lots. You very easily get discouraged. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? But how about if I said, God, is there one of these things that if I was to lean into that and if I was to stay connected to you, that you could produce in my life in 2017? So what I did was I asked the person who knows me the best, which is my wife, Alison. I said, darling, what's it like to be on the other side of me? And I won't tell you exactly all that she said, all right, because some things should remain private. 
And I said, look, the reason I'm asking you is that, and I showed her this nine, and I said, which one of these things do you think I need to have more of in my life? And I said, I've got one in mind, but what do you think? And she looked at it, and it was, it was a really nice moment, actually, because she looked at it and she said, you're good at that, and you have a lot of that, and you've really changed in that. But she said, actually, the one that you need to develop more in your life than any others is peace. And I said, you're absolutely right, and that's the one that I thought of as well. And then we did the exercise with Alison, and I won't tell you what that was because she's not here, and that's private. But actually, it was really helpful because she knows me better than anyone else. And actually, that is the one that I think I need more of in my life this year. Not because I don't have any, but because I'm such a futuristic person, always thinking about more, always thinking about what God could do, that sometimes that means I don't enjoy the moment. And sometimes I'm so focused on what's not happening that I can miss what is happening and I need some peace, which is about adequate resources in the now. So have a little look at that and have a think. And maybe this morning, maybe this morning, God would whisper into your ear and into your mind and your heart one of these words. And then maybe that you could say, hey, this could be my word for 2017. That if I look through the lens of possibility, God could produce more of that in my life. It's interesting, on the way out, uh, a couple at uh, the first service said, what about if I say one thing and she says another? And I went, you sort that out yourself. <laughs> That's a whole different talk. And, uh, and, and, she's, and, and, and he said, oh, no, I think mine's this. And she said, absolutely, it's that. And bang, they were together. And, and if you can find the person who knows you the best, you're likely to be on the same page. And you see, when we do that, and when we say, God, what, what is possible? You think this is possible, otherwise you wouldn't have put it in the Bible. So if I look through the lens of possibility, could you produce more of that in my life? Maybe as you enter 2017, maybe when Abby was sharing through the song, maybe you're entering into 2017 with anxiety and with fear. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you're entering into it with, uh, you know, maybe you've had the stuffing kicked out of you, like we said. Maybe you need joy in your life this year more of. Maybe for some of you, you want to get a grip of some things in your life and you know you need self-control more than anything else. These are things that God thinks are possible for you and for me. And if we ever give up on the lens of possibility, we've given up. You know, if you think, whether you think it's possible or not, you're correct. And if we can look through the lens of possibility and ask God this year to bring these things more and more into our life, I think God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come back. What does God think is possible for you personally? What does God think is possible for you situationally, maybe in your business, maybe in your family? What does God think is possible for us as a church? You know, this year, we're in, this week rather, we're embarking on this week of prayer because we think that God thinks there's amazing things that are possible for us as a church this year. And we want to join with him in prayer. So I want to encourage you to be a part of this week. Personally with the prayer devotional. Tuesday night as we gather as a larger group for encounter. And then maybe even in some of the morning and other slots that we've, that we've put on this week. If you can, be a part of that. And let's step in together to what God has for us. But you know in a moment I'm going to ask us to stand and pray in a moment. And we're going to, I'm going to ask you to... Maybe even open your heart and your mind to, to that one word, which is the word for you. Through the lens of possibility, what could God produce in your life? But you know, we're coming to a God who wants to give us more than we want to receive. You know that, don't you? You see, you see when you come to God and you come to ask Him for something, 
and you come to say something, our, our view of God will determine how we come to God. And I want us to sing the song that we learned in 2016 because I think this is the best song that we can use to remind ourselves at the start of 2017 who our God is. Jesus says, you know, if you come to your Father and you ask Him for something, He's going to give you something good. So if you come and you ask for, you know, you you come and you ask for a fish, He's not going to give you a snake. You you come and you ask for an egg, He's not going to give you a stone. Why? Because He's a good, good Father. Amen. And that's the God that we're coming to. That's the God that we're asking. That's the God that we're surrendering to at the start of 2017. So why don't we stand together? And I want to just pray for you. And then we're going to sing this amazing song. So maybe let's just close our eyes for a moment. Maybe just take a moment to think about the lens of possibility. God, with you all things are possible. And God, maybe one of those words, maybe love, maybe joy, Maybe peace, maybe patience or kindness or gentleness, self-control or faithfulness. God, I pray that, God, we will use this lens of possibility this year. We won't limit you. We won't push you out. God, that we will believe that with you all things are possible. And God, I pray that as we lean into you, our good, good Father, God, would you produce this fruit in our lives? And God, I pray that at the end of this year, we'd look back and we would say, God, you've been so faithful. You've been so good. Look at what you've done in our lives. And may it not be for our benefit, but may it be for your glory and for your fame, I pray. So Lord, now we worship you. We give our lives to you again. We say, God, you are a good, good Father. And we thank you in Jesus' name.